Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 7, Season 2 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. It was an interesting round with a few blowouts, a couple of close clashes and a handful of upsets thrown into the mix, including a horrible Warriors performance. What were your thoughts on Round 5, Richie? Similar to yours, mate. You're right, it was an interesting round. The Warriors were horrible. <laughs> no, no... Um... No uh, hiding that fact. Um, but, yeah, there were some in- interesting clashes. And I think the week itself has been pretty interesting. You know, there's heaps to talk about tonight. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Uh, just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of round five matches and our picks, We'll then answer some questions from all of you. Then we'll re-preview round six clashes and our picks before ending the night with some overseas and Super League news. Good evening, Simon. Good to see you here. Nice and early. So, um, yeah, tune in to get your rugby league news and remember to send us comments throughout the show. Uh, Let's get into the top story news of the week. I've got number one is probably what's happened in, like, the last 48 hours with um, Craig Fitzgibbon signing on as the coach for the Sharks at the end of this year. Um, John Morris, um, obviously disappointed with that decision and has actually left the club immediately um, with Josh Hanna um, stepping in for the rest of the season interim head coach. What are your thoughts on this? It's It's been something that has been rumoured for quite a while, even last year. They were kind of saying if the Sharks didn't make the eight, John Morris will be gone. Um after a, a disappointing performance this week, the news has finally been made. Yeah, I mean, I suppose this week the performance was a bit disappointing, but they weren't far off winning. It's probably only, only disappointing because they had a couple of injuries and faded and, and ended up losing. Saying that, I think I think he's a bit unlucky, John Morris. I mean, with the resources he had and... and the roster he's got, I don't think many people are tipping them to set the world on fire, and he's actually got them playing not too bad. Um, but yeah, and I want, yeah, I guess I want to talk about this a 
bit with you a bit later on, so I'll save a few thoughts. Okay. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, disappointing for him. Um, I saw on social media today there was a message from his mum, which was quite yep. quite abrupt. Um, decidedly so, probably uh, quite upset about what happened to her son there. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit later on in the show too. Um, so I'll hold some thoughts back. But, yeah, um, not great news um, for poor John Morris. And it'll be interesting to see how the Sharks respond this week. And see, Simon's put there, sorry for John, he's been getting the Sharks in the playoffs since he's been a coach. Yeah, he um, hasn't missed the top eight yet, which um, a lot of coaches can't say that. And um, especially with um, a team that wasn't his, mm. um, not a lot of salary cap room. I think he, he's done quite well there. But um, I think what's, um, yeah. what probably hasn't worked in his favour is I don't think they've beaten the top eight side the last couple of years. Did you hear something about that, Brad? I, I, I yeah, I, I think understand. it was um, last year they didn't beat anyone that was above them, but they beat everyone yeah. below them, which yeah. meant they were exactly on the ladder where they should be. And um, yeah. this year's been kind of the same. Um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting stat, but uh, there's there's player or there's coaches out there that have got worse records that have survived. Um just it would have been nice if this news had happened last year because then maybe John Morris would be a Warriors coach right now. True, could have been. <laughs> uh, next bit of news: we've got um, Cowboy Josh McGuire's officially left the Cowboys and joined the Dragons effective immediately. He's even been named in their extended bench to play the Warriors this week. Um, he was clearly unhappy in Townsville, and um, the Dragons side starting to kind of have a Broncos look about it. They are. It- this could be one of those scenarios. It could be a good outcome for both clubs. He clearly didn't look very happy there. Um, and so I guess that that would free up a bit of cap for the Cowboys and he'll add a bit more depth to the Dragons pack who are already playing well. So, you know, I think maybe good for both, good for both clubs. Yeah. I think it's a win-win there. And um, that kind of goes into our next um bit of news talking about the Cowboys salary cap. Michael Morgan's been forced into retirement after constant issues with injuries. Great player when healthy, but uh, the Cowboys um, are definitely going to be able to make a lot of um, movement in the, in the player recruitment spec with his money and Maguire's. Um, who they're going to go for, I'm not too sure. I know there's been rumours about Adam Reynolds and Luke Brooks and a lot of that. Um It'll be, it's going to be interesting times in the uh, the upcoming months um, as players kind of start to move around, especially with all this news at the Sharks. There might be a few of those guys. Sean Johnson's off contract. There's a few other players. So um, could be could be a bit of movement for the Cowboys, which they need. They've been horrible. They have been. And I, I just I guess it just needs to be said that, um, you know, he's had a fantastic career. So best wishes to him for, for the future. At his peak a couple of years ago, he's one of the top players in the game and pretty much dragged the Cowboys to the grand final, you know, just on his back. So that's sad for the Cowboys and sad for Morgo because he was a he was a stalwart for the Cowboys and a great player. But, you know, best wishes to him. Yeah, and that year, um, I think you've you got to add the little fact that um, Jonathan Thurston was out as well. So he was doing it on his own there. And, um, yeah, full credit to him. Um Hopefully he, he has something lined up soon um, for his, his post 
footy career. Um, I'm sure he's got a lot of knowledge and could be used in a, a coaching or mentoring uh, mentoring uh, capacity at North Queensland if that's what he decides to do. Um, next on our news, we've got Adam Fanua Blake. We talked about it last week that um, he was injured and would be out for some time. It now looks like he possibly will be out for the whole season after his knee injuries being diagnosed as a fractured patella. Uh, horrible news for the Warriors and for him um, in his first year with the club. What are your thoughts? Just our luck, eh, Brad? Our marquee <laughs> signing goes down early in the season. Um, yeah, gutted, obviously. He hit the he hit the ground running the first couple of rounds and was looking like he was shaping up to be the cornerstone of our pack. And now we're left with a very big hole to fill. Definitely. I saw some news today that Ben Murdoch Masilla has um, said he's open to moving into the front row um, with Adam Fanua Blake gone, which um, could help them. He's a very big unit, very mobile. And um, I just want to see him start, to be honest. I've, I've not been quiet about my love for the man. And um, the more he can be out on the field, I think the better it would be um, for my enjoyment of the game and for the Warriors too. I think I don't think he's getting enough minutes and that's due to how many second rowers they actually have in their roster. Yeah, he does look, look like a beast whenever he comes on, right? Um, whether or not he starts or, or they use him as that impact thing. I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you a little that he could maybe get a few more minutes um. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't, he's not named to start this week, is he? No. Um, they've got Josh Corrin starting in the second row, and he's still on the bench. Yeah. Um, and then continuing with Warriors news, um, Reese Walsh has officially joined the club. They, um, I know the um, Warriors have had a, a few pictures of him at training with Roger. And I believe um, Cameron George had a one-on-one -on -one interview with him for his Facebook page. Um, I haven't got to watch all of it yet. I watched the first couple of minutes and um, seems like a real polite young kid. Um, looks like a baby. <laughs> There's a few of them running around at the moment. Looks very young. Um, but, yeah, I think it's um, great to see him um, on board and hopefully he can absorb as much knowledge as he can from Roger. I did catch that interview with uh, Cameron George. He does look very young. He sounds very young too. But, you know, he sounds like... Um he sounds like he's he's a bit of a footy head and, and keen to learn. And apparently he was within two minutes of meeting Nathan Brown straight on the computer, running through different plays and what roles he could possibly be, you know, be looking at once he's in there playing. So sounds promising. I'm, I'm excited about it. And good we didn't have to swap, uh, send over a player swap. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a great bonus. It's a win-win it's a for the club to be able to keep. Hades Perra and Paul Turner, any of the players that potentially were going to go. Um, I I know there's a lot of frustration with fans um, about um, the Turners and the Perrams not getting a go um, with the Warriors, but it's I think patience is key. We've seen a lot of players leave clubs early just because they're not getting a start, and I I think it's you have to. It's great to play first grade footy. Um, I, I, there's so much knowledge you're learning off the field as well. So um, I think of guys, you look at Chance now with the Raiders, he had a couple of years learning from Roger and look what's happened to him now. If he had gone the moment um, he knew he wasn't going to get a start, would he be as good as he is now? Um, there's arguments both sides. But yeah, I think 
you can take a lot from what you learn off the field as well. So I think patience is key. Um, but that's coming from a guy who's never played first grade, so I can't put myself <laughs> in that situation. Um, but, yeah, um, I see uh, Evening Jordan. Jordan's just said AFB was the key to the Warriors having a great season. Seems very bleak now, but you'll keep the faith. Yeah, keep it's, it's getting harder. Every, yeah, it's great to see the faith. Um it's getting harder every week. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think he is, um, as we already mentioned, a massive hole. Um, but there's still talent there. So um, as long as you see some improvement, um, it's not hard to improve from last week, which we'll cover in a bit. But, um, yeah, as long as they've got improvement in them, um, I think they still have a chance. Um, I'm not sure if that's the Warriors fan in me or, um, or not. But, yeah, I'm always hopeful. Yeah, me too. And then our last bit of news before we get into reviewing um, our, our, the round, um, State of Origin eligibility rules. We talked about that a, a few weeks ago. They are to remain the same, so there will be no Jason Tomololo running around in a Queensland jersey. Um, I'm happy to see this staying staying with how it was. Um, I think, as we talked about a few weeks ago, changing the rules to try to make it a bit more exciting or try to get new viewers wasn't going to fix the problem. Um, so it's, it's good to see them stay as is, but I still want to see them do something with non-origin players during that time period. Oh yeah, I agree. It'd be good to see something happen with non-origin players during that, during that window, but I'm I'm glad this has been the outcome as well. The eligibility rules for origin and international league are uh, already a bit murky as it is, you know, so I think this would have just complicated things further. Definitely. So that's all the news we have for right now. So um, let's crack into the round five review, starting with Thursday night's game with the Rabbitohs wiping the floor with the Broncos 35 to 6. Um, I think we could, we kind of expected this result, Richie. Um, Rabbitohs kind of cruised to victory. Um, I think for me, the first half was all about Adam Reynolds. I think he, he had another great half, got the first two-point field goal for the year. Um, we've been talking about would, it, would we actually see one? Um, he did it quite easily. Um, mm. not, a, not a lot of pressure on him, to be fair, by the Broncos, but it was good to see him do that. For me, the second half was Latrell Mitchells. Um, he scored two tries and then nailed his own field goal. So um, very good performance from the Rabbitohs here. Yeah, you summed it up well, mate. Um, the Rabbitohs just carried on their march and, and Latrell carried on his tear that he's on. Um, I didn't see a lot of hope for the Broncos heading into it. You know, it's and that's the way it panned out. The Rabbitohs are just looking really dangerous right now. Yeah, I, I they were in my predicted grand final at the start of the year, so I'm 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 hopeful that at least one of my predictions might come true. Um, my wooden spoon, which we're going to talk about it, their match in a, in a couple of um, minutes, um, that's not helping me. There, uh, my wooden spoon is currently fourth. So, <laughs> what did you make um, of Benji? Yeah. Benji was looking quite good. I, he's quite a handy um, young player to bring on um, when you lose a guy like Cody Walker. Um, he's he's had a bit of experience mm. in his time. Um, but, yeah, I've heard rumours that the Rabbitohs are interested in offering him another year after this, um, which I think if his heart's still in it, he'd be silly not to take it, um, especially yeah. there's the potential of Adam Reynolds possibly leaving the club, so he could even possibly move into a starting role next year. Mm. So. Could um be. 
I think that him having him there is probably another reason why the Rabbitohs don't seem that concerned about losing a player as talented as Reynolds right now. Yeah, I still wouldn't want to lose Reynolds. He's he, for me, he's the heart and soul of that team. It'd be cool to see him go out a one club player, but you know, they've they've had a seem to hit a snag in their negotiations. Be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting, and um, I'm sure I'm going to be keeping an eye on it so we can update all of you um, once we hear the news. Um, yeah, Simon said, I think West Tigers should have stuck with Benji Marshall. 100%. I said it last year on the show. I don't know why they were showing him the door. I don't think he showed anything last year that was saying he was losing a step. Um, him and Harry Grant were kind of keeping that that Tigers team competitive. And they were, they already knew they were losing Harry Grant, and then they decided to let the other one go. Didn't seem like a wise decision for for Tigers, but um, such is life. But I mean, wasn't there a big sort of comment last year about his defense? And he, I mean, he got dropped by the Tigers for a few games, didn't he, around defense and things? So I think their whole team's yeah. defending poorly right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and halfbacks. There's a handful of um, halfbacks that can can defend. Um, a lot of them are just speed bumps um, yeah. because that's not what they're paid for. Um, you have you have guys like Chanel and that who kind of think they're they're big boppers when it comes to defense, and they'll go out there and put a hit or two on. But you have um, for every guy like Chanel, you've got a Benji. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. I'm I'm blanking. Like James Maloney was one of the best halves in the competition, and he was always up the top for missed tackles. And um, every team he was with never complained about it because he did what they needed, which is um, well scoring clear, points clear. and setting up tries. Clearly, clearly, the Tigers were looking for something different from their halfback. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I see Nigel said, "Is it true that Bulldogs turned bench down?" Yeah, they did. They um. He was he was willing to go to the Bulldogs um, for this year, and they said thanks, no thanks. And um, I think with how much they've struggled with attack, I think if you had him in there with Kyle Flanagan, I think they could have actually had something special, yeah, especially with the yeah. likes of Kotrick in their backline. Evening, Nigel. Yeah, and 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 with his brother, I'm sure he would have loved to pair up with his brother. Uh, yeah. He would have made a nice foil for um, Kyle Flanagan. But um, we're getting off track here on our review. But um, yeah. <laughs> before we move on, we, we shouldn't really mention the other team, the Broncos. Um, they've still got a lot of work to do. Um, they've made some changes in their team. Anthony Milford's been dropped, um, which he's been getting a lot of criticism, but I still think he's been one of their better players the last few weeks. Um, he's just not the player that they want him to be. They want him to be the... The, the the anchor but he's the off the cuff style yeah. player so he he kind of needs someone out it's it's a bit like the warriors of old with james maloney and sean johnson james kind of made everything nice and level and let sean do his thing um the broncos just don't have that player in their roster right now um i think tom dearden played quite well for them um but he's still very young and with some of the improved performances from teams at the bottom of the ladder, I think the Broncos need to quickly show some improvement. Otherwise, they're going back to the spoon. Yeah. And I I picked Milford as my player at the start of the season where he needed he needed to have a big year for them to remove themselves from the foot of the table. And 
I guess he's he's the scapegoat of them not performing well. And he's on Bitcoin, so probably rightfully so. You know, he needs to be that guy um, performing for them. Yeah. So, yeah, disappointing for the Broncos. But we'll go into the next game of the round, which was the first one on Friday, which was the Seagulls getting their first win of the year in a 13-12 win over the Warriors. Um, the first upset of the round, um, but also it was the most disappointing game for me. Um, both teams had no respect for the ball. There was 28 errors in total in this game, um, which kind of showed how bad both sides were. Um Seagulls still look horrible, um, but when push came to shove, Dale Cherry Evans did what he did best and got them um, the win. Basically, he set up a great try in the first half for Jason Saab off a scrum. Um, kind of was a throwback to me of when the Warriors used to do it with Wade McKinnon, when they used to just kick from a scrum when the, the fullback wasn't back and just use his pace. And um, against our big wingers who... Um, are a bit slow at turning around and chasing. Um, Jason Saab was gone. And then in the second half, he put a nice little grubber through that Nicarima fumbled, which led to their second try. And then at the end of the game, he, he nailed the field goal. So I think if um, Dale Cherry Evans wasn't on, I think the Warriors might have squeaked away with this. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts on the game before I start crying? Well, I was kind of hoping we'd um, <laughs> move past this game in our, our review. <laughs> since we're going to bring back the pain let's go um it was terrible it was like both teams were trying to outdo each other uh both teams didn't look composed it actually could have been worse for the warriors because they manly went over the line a couple times in the first half and and dropped the ball over the line you know that we (laughs) yeah we could have been looking at something a lot worse i think that underlines how poor we were yeah um the defense is still a concern for warriors i think um their goal line defense is leaving huge holes. Um, they're bringing some players back. Peter Hicku's back this week. Um, they've named him on the wing, but I expect that he's going to be in the centers when um, game time comes. And um, Fuster Two is out injured. Um, I got a bit of flack for my my review this week because I suggested dropping him anyway. Um, and there was some arg- there was some arguments about how we can't just blame our wingers because. They're not getting the ball, which is a point I also made. Uh, the back line isn't getting the ball out to the wingers. Um, so it's kind of hard to drop a guy. But I think it'll probably segue into a discussion. But I think the time of large wingers is done. Um, uh, all the games we've reviewed this year so far, we haven't really talked about Mamalo, haven't talked about Fuss, haven't talked about Mike Acevo. Um, it's all about these the Sabs, um, Cody from the Dragons, um, these more quick and nimble. The pace of the game is kind of leaving big guys behind, and um, I think you're seeing it with some of the wingers not really doing that well. Merely some of them, like Blake Ferguson, are still doing all right, um, and I'm sure if the Warriors could get their balls to their big wingers, they could do some damage, but they're just not doing it right now. Yeah, I kind of... In my mind, I would have dropped him last week. <laughs> but you're right about the pace of the game and the big wingers. I wouldn't mind having one big winger, but it'd be kind of nice to have a point of difference, you know, and on the other side, have someone a bit more pacey. Um, we look like we lack a bit of express pace outside of RTS. Um, but, yeah, yeah. he's gone, gone ahead and got injured and taken the decision out of the coach's hands anyway. 
Yeah, I think um, Marcelo Montoya is a good point of difference there. He he's still big enough, um, but he's got that pace. And mm. um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him get some more game time, which he's going to get. Yeah, mm. Sorry, but I really think the Warriors should have taken that penalty before halftime. Oh. They probably would have won the game. You're bang on, Simon. 100%. Um, they've shown the last few weeks that they um, struggled to score tries in the um, in the red zone. So taking the the two would have been the right thing to do. Um, Jordan's also said our wings are used more like batting rams instead of finishes. Yeah. Yep. Basically, the only time you see Fuss and Ken are inside the Warriors twenty when they're trying to get out. Once you get into the opposition half, it doesn't get out to them. Um, if you're watching the game with me at home, I was saying a lot of horrible things to Adam Pompey every time he got the ball because he wasn't feeding Ken. And he, Ken did score a try, but that was when they completely bypassed Pompey and it was a Roger Jack Mershey um, run that led to Ken. Um, it's, I don't know. I, I don't mind Pompey, but he's getting a bit of um, the Solomon Carter um, issue where he doesn't like giving the ball to his winger. And um you see guys like Peter Hicku, that's what they're best at. And look mm. how great the wingers look when you're delivering the ball to them. So give them space and give them the ball and let them do what they do. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that's why I'm a bit uh, miffed with him being named on the wing. And I hope you're right about him just being named there and actually playing centre because um, yeah, that's where, that's where he operates best in my mind. Yeah, I, I am pretty confident that we're going to see the the switch. Um, I don't know why he wasn't named there to begin with. The ball, when we have our show next week, we might talk about how um, they decided to keep Hiku, the, the club's best centre, as a winger for some mm. reason. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we'll forget that game for now. Um, it's great to see Manly get a win. Unfortunately, it was against the Warriors. But, um, yeah, they um, hopefully that gives them some confidence to play a bit better. Um, next game on Friday was the Panthers defeating the Raiders 30 to 10. Was an exciting game for me, but um, I thought the margin would be closer. Um, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, but the Panthers look fantastic. Um, they have all year, or they have ever since last year, every game barring the grand final almost. Um, they just continue doing their thing. Well, I wanted to put something to you. Some interesting things in this game. Um, and the try in the corner where Crichton pulls uh, Tuppen in and he's just standing there waiting to be subbed on. What do you think of that? Because a lot of chatter about that this week. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of tension and niggle in this match. And I know um, I, I wasn't a fan of that. I think if if he was already involved in the game and maybe he was there doing the tackle or something, I could see it happening. But, yeah, when you're just standing there waiting to come on the field, you've got nothing to do with it, and there wasn't really any need for it. There's been a lot of talk about the Panthers being too, like, being overconfident and cocky in a way. I don't necessarily mind that because they're delivering. I think if they were being overconfident and then giving patchy performances, but it's hard, it's hard to kind of criticise them right now because they're just playing well. I will say this game was one of they didn't play as good as they could, which is probably the scariest part that they put 20 points on the Raiders when they weren't playing at their best. Um, but yeah, never in doubt. I, I know there was another talking point where the Panthers fans did the Viking clap to the Raiders oh, that fans was and funny. fans. That was hilarious. A lot of people, a lot of people were upset about it, but. Um, 
uh, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Um, it's banter, eh? Get over it. <laughs> yeah, it's banter, and there's been there's been games when fans have been trying to fight each other in the stadium. So if you're just doing a Viking clap and then there's no fights afterwards, I think you're onto a winner. It's it's a bit of a laugh. Um, it's a bit they- like that. It's it's a bit like the fans throwing the spoons. Yeah, and there there was not much there. Um, there was a big crowd. Yeah. They were very loud on the TV. You know, I mean, that's got to g your team up. I thought they were great. Yeah, it's Simon's, but as a Raiders fan, he had no issue with the Panthers fans during the Viking clap because it's not originating from the Raiders. It's a soccer thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, a lot of people I know that are Raiders fans weren't making any fuss about it. Um, I think it was more people that had nothing to do with either side mm. giving their opinion um, than like Raiders fans or Panthers fans talking about it. Um, but yeah, before we move on, um, the Raiders, I think they'll be disappointed with how they performed, um, but they're just too good a side to be worried about a one-off game. I think it was kind of just a glitch, and I think they'll bounce back this week. Yeah, they, they I think it is. You know, I think they'll, they'll still be a good side going forward. Bit of a worry that they've lost... Um, CNK for a wee while. There's a bit of a hole yeah. to fill, but I think I think they'll they should still travel pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> See, um, Simon's put another word for journalists. Yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> that, that is true. Um, it's the journalists had a lot of fun with this match. Um, with the overconfidence, the Viking clap, everything. It was kind of like a, a a storm in a teacup. Um, for yeah. them, but um. Yeah, before we move on, I thought it was a great game and um, definitely think it's um, a good clash between two potential grand finalists. I think the Raiders still have um, the ability to get there. Um, They just need to string some good performances against some of the top sides and um, they'll be right in the mix. Yep. Um, First game on Saturday, we had the Titans wiping the floor with the Knights 42-16. to Titans just put on a show. They scored five tries in the first half. Um, David Fafita was at his unstoppable best, um, scored a hat-trick for the first time in his career, and um, kind of proved why um, the Titans are right in paying top dollar to get him there. Oh, he's a beast. He, it's almost like the past couple of weeks, it's been almost like watching a man against boys, um, you know. But... I take great pride in saying the Warriors shut him down, <laughs> but they're looking good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not just him. They've got threats all over the park and, and yeah, I think they'll, they'll be pushing hard at finals time. They'll be, they'll be a dangerous team should they get there. And I think they will. I think they will. Yeah. Um, they were one of the ones that I picked that would just make the top eight. And um, if they keep playing the way they are, they could be pushing top four. Mm. So could be. Very good. Um, the Knights, they're, I put an asterisk next to this performance because they're struggling with the um, the massive injury toll. Kalen Ponga returned, and um, he provided much-needed spark in the side, um, scored a nice try, and I think just him alone could help them remain competitive. They've got some, they got some easily winnable games in the next couple of weeks, Um but, yeah, I think um, the Titans were just too strong, too powerful. And, um, yeah, a lot of teams are going to struggle with them. Mm. I think the Knights also get get uh, Bradman Best, uh, Jacob yep. Saifidi, and Kurt Mann back this week too, so that'll help. But, 
Yeah, definitely. And Ponga back, yeah, it's good. He, I think he'll be having nightmares of the feeder a bit this week. 100%. And um, the second game on Saturday, we saw the Storm wipe the floor with the Bulldogs, 52-18. to 18. We we knew that the Storm were going to um, get the win here, but the biggest question was, would the Bulldogs score points? Um, and they did. Um, after 265 minutes of football, they finally got across for a, a try. And um, a few sets before they actually got the try, they came really close. Um, to scoring, but the Storm were able to hold them out. But, yeah, they finally got there, um, ended up with three tries, which I think was great for the Bulldogs. It, it's probably done them a lot of confidence despite getting pantsed. Um, the fact that they actually got points on the board, I think, will, will help them get in the right direction. I've got a few, a few Bulldogs friends, and they they acted like the three tries was winning a grand final. So they were very happy just to see their team get on the scoreboard. Um Craig Bellamy for the Storm was very unhappy with the game. He he said the Storm's defense was rubbish, which is kind of scary when you put on that much of a, um, a scoreline. But I suppose being the first team to have points scored against um, by the Bulldogs in almost a month, you would be upset. Um, but yeah, a win's a win. And when you're winning by like 30, 40 points, I think you've you got to be a bit happy. Bellamy's a hard man to please if, if you're putting 50 <laughs> points on the board and you're angry about it. It's, and the Bulldogs, it's almost like they um, spent their whole week training attack but let the defence go out the window. So <laughs> they've got some points, but I think that's their worst defensive effort of, of the year so far. So Yeah, yeah it but, was. But, you know, positive for them to score some points against a good defensive side. Yeah, uh, I did, despite the scoreline, I did like what I saw out of the Bulldogs. They um, they showed promise on attack, but yeah, as you said, their defence needs a lot of work. Um, if they can kind of meet in the middle, um, where their defence is better and their attack still stays um, threatening at least a little bit, um, they could get a few upsets this year. Definitely um, not a playoff team, though, but they, a, a few upsets along the way. Um, could at least secure them um, a spot above 16th. Yeah, hopefully if you're a Bulldogs fan. <laughs> uh, the next game we had the Roosters um, come from behind to beat the Sharks 26-18. to 18. To be honest, I really don't know how the Sharks let this one go. They were leading 18-4 after 50 minutes of football, and then the Roosters surged back, scoring four tries in the final 20 minutes. Um yeah, I, I almost stopped watching this game. I thought it was over. Um, my multi was in, going to be in tatters after this, and I was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. But I, I stuck in, and, yeah, the final 20 minutes was great. I think Sam Walker impressed again. Um, he looks like a first-grade natural um, despite his appearance because he still looks like he's in school. But um, he's a talent, and um, I might have to eat humble pie um, after saying that the Roosters would drop out of the eight because um, I think they still have a shot. They just need to work on slow starts. Yeah, then it was a slow start. Um, like you, I, I was almost ready to write them off, but I think that game just proves you you can never write the Roosters off. And then, yeah, Sam Walker really turned it on and laid on a couple of beautiful assists and, and bagged the meat by himself. So he'll be pretty pleased with himself, the young chap. Yeah, and um, the Sharks, it's still early days, um, 
but this might be a, a loss that they regret at the business end of the season. When it comes to getting into the eight, this could be two points that they let slip. Much like the Warriors, the, the Warriors may rue the, the loss to Manly um, when it comes to the business end. Yeah, uh, and the Sharks may have a ro- rocky road ahead of them now with the with the coaching saga that's going on. Um, that could go one of two ways. They'll either galvanise and, and come together like the Warriors did for Todd Payton last year, or or it could it could have a negative effect. Yeah. Uh, the first game on Sunday, we had the uh, the Cowboys win over the Tigers, thirty four to thirty. Another upset of the round for me. I thought the Tigers had shown um, more than enough to um, put this one in the bag, um, but the Cowboys finally um, put a performance together that may have put a smile on Todd Payton's face. Yeah, and, and the Cow. There was a lot of um, angry West Tigers fans after that one. Don't know how good the Cowboys were or how bad the Tigers' defense was. I mean, a couple of the Cowboys' tries looked like pretty lazy defensive efforts from the Tigers. Um, I know a lot of their fans sort of thought, how could we come out and play like this? Um, they should have turned it on for Tommy Rodonagas. Uh, but, yeah, they didn't look yeah. too flat. They got booed by their own yeah. fans at halftime when they came off, which um, is a pretty good indicator of... Um, how poor you're doing when your own fans are like, nope, we don't want to borrow this. Um, my Michael Maguire um, must have ripped into them in the sheets because they did come out a lot better in the second half and they almost got the got the win, um, scoring a, quite a few second half tries. And it was really um, Adam Dewey's boot that did them in. He only got 50% of his kicks. And um, mm-hmm. if he had got a few more, um, might have been a different story. Yeah, and, there was, and they were a bit, oh, I don't know if you call them unlucky, but they had a... Con- a controversial try denied for obstruction, which could have pulled them back into the game and possibly got them over the line. But when you're playing one of the bottom sides like the Cowboys, you can't leave it up to that, especially playing at home. You know, they they they, they should have been well on top in that game. But, yeah, what do, what do I know? Just the couch, couch, couch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, great to see the Cowboys get a, get a win. Um, that's another team that got their first win of the year. And, um, yeah, sorry, Dave, for Tigers fans with everything that was going on that day. So um, we'll go into the last game of the round. Uh, the final upset of the round two with the Dragons defeating the Eels 26-12. to 12. Um, Dragons, four in a row. Eels, their first loss. Um, I couldn't have picked it if I tried. Um, Dragons look, just looked really good. Um can't really get too technical about it. They just dominated the Eels. The score looks a little bit um, close, but um, that was all just uh, two lucky tries by the Eels um, to try to keep themselves looking a bit bit healthy. And they the Dragons won at Bankwest, which I said you can't do against the Eels. So um, Dragons are making me look silly this year, and I don't like it. Yeah, I, you almost say, was it an upset? Because... They might be the real deal. I message you. I message you during the game, saying maybe they're the real deal. Um, the pack's playing well. Uh, Lomax is playing well. Duffy's looking dangerous. They, they, I'm a bit worried this week, Brad. I'm very worried. Um, I'm concerned about um, the Warriors playing them this week because they just look too good right now, and I don't think the Warriors look good enough to um, compete. 
But for the Eels, before we move on, um, I think they may have even taken this game too lightly. Um, and I'm sure they won't make that mistake twice. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that was that was the round review. We'll, we'll talk about our picks um, while Paul brings up the ladder. So we had the same picks and we got five out of eight, um, which brings our totals both to 27 out of 40. Um, so we've got the thing there. Panthers still number one with the only undefeated team left. The Roosters second, Roosters, uh, Rabbitohs third, and then the Dragons, my wooden spooners, are fourth. Um, and then the, the Eels, Storm, Titans, and Raiders finished the top eight, um, followed by the Sharks at ninth. The Warriors, due to the Knights' poor performance, the Warriors actually went up despite losing and are at 10th. Then you got the Knights, the Broncos at 11, 12. Um, before you got the Tigers, Cowboys, Seagulls, and Bulldogs at the bottom. Um, Bulldogs, they just need a win. Um, I think if they get a win, I think the Seagulls um, will probably still fall down. Um, I'm still hoping for my prediction, and maybe we'll see the Dragons just have a collapse and go all the way down. But I, I think they've done enough right now to secure um, not getting the wooden spoon, even if they collapse at this point. I don't see um, the Bulldogs or Manly getting more than four wins. Yeah, it's tough to see a lot of movement there. I don't see too many teams from the bottom climbing too high. Perhaps the Knights when they get some troops back on deck, hopefully the Warriors. But, yeah, Dragons. <laughs> Dragons. Putting you to shame, Brad. <laughs> yep. Um, so before we move on, are there any questions from the audience there, Paul? That is a no. Um, while we're waiting for, Sorry. oh, there, there we go. Here we go I, I, I clicked the wrong button. Sorry, no. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Simon saying, uh, "Do you think Bellamy should go to new coach uh, Brisbane Broncos or the new Brisbane team?" Um, I think the Broncos will probably stick it out with Walters for a bit, but I definitely think um, Bellamy's probably at the forefront of the uh, the new Brisbane side's coaching target whenever they come to be. Um, I know there's been rumours that Wayne Bennett's even interested going back to Brisbane and coaching the new team too. Um, but I think if, if Craig has got an interest in it, I know he he, he wants to go back to Brisbane um, to live. Um, Cameron Munster's also been interested in joining the Brisbane team because when that starts up, his contract with the Storm will be gone. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see why not. I think it would be... Um, a great idea for the new team to get a coach at his caliber and um yeah it'd be interesting to see if he did take it what players would join him um because i know ryan pappenhausen said he's not interested in signing a new deal with the storm yet until he knows what bellamy's doing so you potentially could have a new team in brisbane with bellamy pappenhausen and munster um which would be a pretty impressive start it's a competitive from the start um mm. And Jordan says, yeah, shout out to Tommy the Legend and great personality, Rip. Yeah, we talked at length about Tommy last week. Yeah, great That's legend. Cool. And, um, yeah, um, horrible to see his team perform the way they did in his honour. Yep. Yep, as uh, Simon's saying, yeah, bad display for Tommy and uh, West Mag um, Magpie should have merged with the Bulldogs, apparently. There we go. <laughs> 
I think if West had their way, they wouldn't have merged with anybody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, yeah, shocking performance. Um, so you got a question about John Morris for me though before we move on. John Morris, yeah. So I just wanted to get your take on it, Brad, because um, he's left immediately. Obviously, they've brought Craig Fitzgibbon in. A lot of talk about how the club's handled it. How do you think they've handled it? Um, it's kind of my bugbear. I've, I've come out at the Warriors for it, and I, I've I've done it. Whenever they do something like this, um, they being like the management of a club, I just it rubs me the wrong way. I don't. I don't like the hypocrisy of a club when they complain about players trying to get out of their contract when they will just out of the blue do something like this. Um, I think if it was we're getting rid of uh, we want to we want to get uh, a Craig Bellamy for next year or something like that, I could kind of understand a bit more. But Craig Fitzgibbon, there's a lot of raps on him about being a great coach, but he hasn't coached first grade yet. Um, what happens if we go this time next year and the Sharks are a mess? Um, you go, well, John, John was at least keeping us competitive. What have we done? Um, yeah, I just don't like it. I, I'm, I'm not a fan. And it's kind of been a poison chalice since the moment John Morris got the gig. Basically, his first day, there were already rumours that the Sharks wanted to get anyone but him in there. But he kept giving them playoff team so you couldn't really sack him and now they've just decided time's up um i can see a point of view where they think john's good enough to get them to the eight but he's not good enough to get them a premiership but i don't necessarily think fitzgibbon has got enough um to say that he can do that yet either um he's a great coach i was interested in seeing him come over and coach the warriors but he didn't want to coach us um, but then we we didn't have a coach that was delivering top eight performances at that point. So, yeah, I, I think the club could have handled it better, um, much like I think the Warriors could have handled the second of Cooney last year better. I think um, the decision was the right one. Um, it was just the way they went about it. Yeah, it feels funny. Eh? It feels funny whenever a club announces a coach midway or early in the season uh, and then... You know, if you were John Morris, what would you want to stick around? Probably not. And then, no. and then it shows. Now he's now he's gone. He's gone immediately. Yeah, yeah. I if I was him, I wouldn't stick around either. I know there were some people saying that he should have stuck the season out, and then that could help him land a gig elsewhere. Um, I just don't don't know. You've got to do all those press conferences after games. You're doing. You're trying to do all this stuff for a team that you have no control of anymore. I. I don't see the Sharks even letting him. It would get to like the Paul McGregor point where Paul McGregor wasn't even picking the Dragons team um, in the end. So, yeah, I think it was wise for him to move. Um, I'm sure he'll pick up a gig somewhere. Um, yeah, I see Simon's put down. He thinks John should go and try to find Super League Club. That could be an option as well. Um, I'm sure he'll get a gig somewhere. He could even do the Nathan Brown approach where he goes to the Super League for a bit get some experience under his belt and then comes back and takes over an NRL team, he'll probably end up back at the Sharks after they fire Fitzgibbon for not getting them to the eight. Um, you know, you never know. 
but um, we're running a bit low on time there, Rich, so I, I'll keep my question for you till next week because I think it will still be valid. Yep. No um, we'll go straight into our round six preview. Thursday night, we've got the Broncos versus the Panthers. Um, Milford's been dropped. Um, I think it's quite quite easy to pick this one, so I've gone with the Panthers. Panthers, easy. Yep, too easy. Uh, Friday night, we've got the Knights versus the Sharks. Um I had picked the Sharks um, after the news yesterday. I wanted to change my mind, um, but I've stuck. I've stuck with them. Um, the but yeah, interesting. I, I think the Sharks will 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 still have enough here. But the Knights have got a good team. Yeah, this is coming a, back due to the injuries. Yeah, exactly. This is an interesting game, and I've gone Knights due to those players coming back and the handy players. You know, Jacob Saifidi, Kurt Mann. Um, about to say Colin Best, Bradman Best. Um, yeah. Yeah. And at home, tough one to pick, but I'll, I'll go Knights to edge that one. Yeah, it's cool. So we've got a, our first pick different. Um, next pick we got on Friday is the Storm versus Roosters. This should be a great game. Um, it was really hard to pick. I've gone with the Storm. It's in Melbourne. And I think the Storm, um, while the Roosters have been good, I think the Storm will have it over them just due to that inexperience in the house for the Roosters. While they've been good and he's done well, I think the Storm are just a team at another level compared to what the Roosters have played the last two weeks. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, this is Sam Walker, you know, the young guys like that. I think this is their first real stern test against a, a really good defensive side. Storm don't often drop games at home, so I've gone Storm too. Then our next game on Saturday, we've got the Sea Eagles versus the Titans. I've gone with the Titans here. I think what we saw the Titans do to the Knights, they're going to do even worse to Sea Eagles. Tommy Turbo's back, which is great for Sea Eagles fans, but I don't think it's going to be enough against the Titans. Yeah, Tommy Turbo's a boost, and they may take a bit of confidence from, from jagging a win finally, but it still looks like a mismatch. I've gone Titans. I think they'll get it done pretty pretty comfortably. Yeah, and then the next game on Saturday, we've got the Rabbitohs versus the Tigers. Um, it's a bit the same as that last one. I think the the Tigers um, let the game slip last week, but the Rabbitohs are just too good. Yeah, I've gone Rabbitohs. This is just a pure. This is purely a form pick. Rabbitohs are looking awesome, and Tigers look like they um, they went backwards slightly on the weekend just gone. So, Rabbitohs for me. And then uh, the last game on Saturday, we've got the Raiders versus the Eels. I've gone with the Raiders. Um, they're playing in Canberra, so I think that gives them the edge. Um, both had some disappointing performances last week, so they'll both want to come back. Um, but, yeah, I think the Raiders will be too strong at home. Yeah, both sides will be looking to bounce back. Uh, C&K out's a bit of a blow. Interestingly, the Raiders hold a 10-game winning streak at home when playing against the Eels. So... Seeing as though they're at home, I've picked Raiders as well, but I think it should be a close one. Yeah, and then the first game on Sunday, we've got the Dragons versus the Warriors. Uh, we talked about it. Hiku and the likes are back, but um, I've gone with the Dragons here. I think the Warriors aren't showing enough on attack. They're not good enough on defense, and the Dragons are just building. I mean, Dragons as well. <laughs> hate to say it. Uh, Dragons are looking awesome. Warriors were looking... Or last week, I'm hoping I'm hopeful we'll we'll 
bounce back and at least show a bit of heart and a bit of pride. Hiku, Hiku back is a plus. Hopefully he plays centre and not in the wing. Uh, but yeah, I tip Dragons. I think they're just playing a more complete game than us at the moment. Yeah, and then we round the game up with probably um, probably the less desirable game of the week, but we've got the Cowboys versus the Bulldogs. Um, I've gone with the Cowboys here. I think they they built up enough. Um, I think Jason Tamalolo's back this week too. Um and I think, yeah, the Bulldogs, while I think they looked a bit better, I still don't think they've got enough. Um, their defense is a worry um, against the Cowboys. So I've gone with Cowboys. Yeah, potential wooden spoon battle here. Uh, it's a tough one to tip. It really is. Um, I went Cowboys like you. Um, I just think they'll take some confidence out of the game on the weekend, um, getting the win over the Tigers. Uh I think they'll jag that one. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but yeah, I've gone Cowboys as well. Yeah, so that's the round six preview. We've got one game different um, with the Sharks Knights, so we'll know who's in lead um, before the show on Friday night. So um, we'll we'll know who has bragging rights for next week quite early. Um, And before we go, um, we're running a bit short on time, so I won't be able to cover the Challenge Cup, but I said I'd mentioned the uh, American competition teams. So um, the 14 teams, we've got the East Coast Conference, has got the Atlanta Rhinos, the Boston 13s, the Brooklyn Kings, Cleveland Rugby League, New York Rugby League, and the Washington Calvary. And then they've got a West Coast Conference, which has the Austin Armadillos, the Las Vegas Blackjacks, Phoenix Venom, the Portland Loggers, San Diego Swell, and San Francisco Rush. And due to COVID right now, uh, the Canadian teams aren't involved, so they're going to be playing a Canadian Cup, which will be played between the Toronto Wolfpack and the Ottawa Aces before both teams join up with the East Coast Conference in 2022. So um, some interesting names there. Um, But, um, yeah, um, be looking forward to seeing how that goes. That starts... um, on the 19th of June. So it should be really exciting to get some more league in, in the mix. Yeah, it's um, probably the quality won't be the highest initially, but, you know, a step in the right direction in terms of growing the game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, so um, we'll, we'll cover the Challenge Cup results and um, round three um, of the Super League next week. Um, I'll make sure I get that in for all of you. Uh, but that's our show for tonight so ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in and joining us on the standoff with brad and richie um, for your weekly update on rugby league tune in on the show uh next wednesday at 8 p.m um on facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. just remember to search for new zealand sport radio thank you for joining me again richie and good night everyone thanks team Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.